We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 195 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams for Tech Tuesday. How are you, Bruce? Healthy and alive. Doing well. This will officially be your last like short podcast before you head off for the year. So uh, this will yep. be it. Let's let's go out on a bang, shall we? Let's uh, let's let's do, let's do that. So I saw something over the weekend and you did, too. Last week, we talked about Grand Theft Auto, right? Because we, we mm. this is the gaming season. You know, kid, people are buying games for their mm -hmm. kids and things. Okay, so there was a game that was announced a few years ago, and it's been mm -hmm. slowly in development. You already know what I'm going to say. It's been yep. slowly in development, uh, and it's it's been one of those um, looter, shooter, survival uh, zombie games, and that, those have become very popular over the years. This one, <laughs> I remember we originally like the both of us sat down and we're like hey you know that might actually have some promise mm -hmm. if you know mm -hmm. just watching it we're like yeah it might might be okay and so we watched the development of it and well it launched on december the 7th so at time of recording that was a week ago and it's all of a sudden just well it, it's they've already shut it down um so yeah. To say that this was a uh, a scam, which you uh, you and I already knew that it was a scam to start with. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like this just kind of seals the deal. Uh, when I saw a couple of days ago that somebody had posted, one, one of our mutual friends had posted the uh, the official statement from the development company. I put up, and I, I'm sorry I stole your thunder, but I said, as Bruce would say, that's cosmic, what they yeah. did. Yeah. So and it, the game it definitely was. It was oh, that is cosmic. The uh, the game in question for those that uh, are wondering was called the day before. You can look this up. Uh, it was put together by a company called well, Fantastic, and it was it was a, a couple. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, F fantastic is, but it was, and the two, the two heads of this company were Chinese, but they were Russian, but they were pretending not to be Chinese, which was kind of funny if you yes. really think about it. Uh, but the, anyway, the accent was very Chinese, and it was very as well when you heard him talk. Yeah. Yeah. But they had Russian names, which was odd, and they were always in the middle of what looked to be Eastern Siberia somewhere when they were yes. making a video. So anyway. Uh, but the game was called The Day Before, and it was an open-world survival uh, shooter thing. But why don't you give people a rundown as to actually how this transpired? Because we saw this one coming a mile away. We did, actually. Um, we, we started watching it, and our mutual friend, he and I actually started watching the trailers together. And we're like, wait a minute, something feels off here. And uh, we, we talked about it with you as well. The trailers, when you watch them, 
this is this is a trend that game game companies do um, when they're showing something off. It's a very closed off, boxed in area. It's very narrow or um, you know corridor like. So it's something they can easily render in something like the Unreal Engine or what have you, whatever software they're using, uh, and create a nice little um, scripted event that happens right. And then uh, we we were kind of noticing, huh? This this seems a little too much like Division One and Two. It looks a little too like it. It started looking really ambitious. I mean, we're talking like uh, driving vehicles, uh, you know, with driving physics and everything. Kind of like uh, is it like Mud Runner, Snow Runner. You know, think of those kind of games and the level they were showing. Uh, being able to repair vehicles in the field and use them. Um, which is not uncommon that that is a thing in, in this genre. Of course, the zombie hordes, there was supposedly large hordes in like a, a mall in one of them, the trailers. And it, there was just a lot of um, explosion physics of and yeah, explosion physics and oh, yeah. a lot of NPC interaction, that, that kind of yeah. stuff or uh, um, ambiance, you know, uh, uh, immersion, as they call it in the, the gaming realm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it didn't have any of those things. Um, in fact, um, it, it give you a little bit of backstory about the F-Fantastic uh, guys. They created a prop hunt game uh, that was abandonware, basically. It never left early access. They made a some kind of app, like a calendar or a clock or I, I don't remember exactly. Continental or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, they they it was a spying app is what it was because they said, yes. "Oh, you can leave it on all the time and it's not listening to you, but it's listening to when yeah." You and talk. you look at the permissions, and it's exactly what it was doing. And the the interesting thing about that one is when they were advertising for like the day before or their other game. They were advertising this app as well. They were like, well, while you're waiting for this game release here, uh, use this app. Uh, they they were trying to uh, it was it was a scam the entire time. Well, anyway, fast forward uh, the game releases. The game has none of uh, the things that were promised. The only things that it did have were some zombies. And I mean, when I, when I say some, I mean, I, I seen footage of people playing and there was like five zombies chasing them. And that's because they ran around the zone and just outran the zombies. But it, it was, yeah. Then uh, the gunplay was horrible. The looting aspect of it was very bare bones. And then people on Reddit started going around and are like looking around the Unreal Engine's marketplace um, and started finding, oh, hey, here's a city pack that is all the exact buildings, the roads, the everything about the, the city oh, I had is in this, this pack. Yes, yeah, I didn't hear this. Yeah, for like four hundred dollars, uh, and it was on sale for like three hundred dollars at the time. Then the UI—they found the UI, every single element of the game, uh, from the images of the guns to the images of all the items and everything—were in this pack for like sixty bucks. Uh, then they found um, the uh, weapon models and all of that like the physics and handling and everything of all the weapon models also in a pack on the unreal store so basically what ended up happening was they scrambled and put a game together because um they tried to shut it down back in the day because of some trademark nonsense because some other company took the trademark name of day before right and they were like well we're in a debacle with this company and we can't actually get it uh like we have to fight this company, right? It turns out the company that that bought the rights to it was their own company 
but not affiliated with Fantastic. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, you, you so had it was to dig into that, that one a little bit. So that was staged. They were trying to find an, a way out to try to get rid of, you know, to, to because the game became the number one wish listed game on Steam for like a year. And then uh, it, it flopped. This is the worst game on Steam right now. I think it has the, now it, it, it's obviously per capita it's the worst game but um, the worst game technically is overwatch 2 that technically is the worst because it has like two hundred fifty thousand negative reviews or something like that so uh, that one kind of takes the cake uh however percentage wise per capita um the day before i think is the worst by like one percentage point you know we talked last week about how gta could be the first game the new gta could be the first game to crack the 100 hundred dollar mark and this one they sold for i believe it was 39.99 and indeed yeah they like the the way that when i when i first saw this i thought this looks like it's just a cash grab when i saw it, mm-hmm. it on the launch i thought no 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 i don't think so there's something really wrong here and mm-hmm. then there's some kind of an agreement maybe you know more about this but i i saw one of our other mutual friends from ireland talking about this the other day there's some kind of an agreement that gaming companies have with valve which runs steam <laughs> which is the online gaming platform that deals in sales and refunds and things like that and so what they've done is they've actually removed the sale price. The item is still in the store as of right now, but they removed the sale price so no per- no purchases can be made. But as far as the refunds go, it seems like they're down at the train station with the suitcases full of money trying to hop onto the train and Steam is left with holding the bag. So basically, um, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it's You can no longer buy the game. Um it's overwhelmingly negative. There has been uh, like twelve thousand more negative reviews since um, I've I've last wow. looked. I at saw it. four thousand when I was, and it, that jumped from two thousand to four thousand in less than an hour when I first looked at it. But I haven't looked at it yeah. since then. Yeah, and then uh, it, yeah. So it, it's been a few days since I've looked at it. But uh, um, the interesting thing about that is, uh, so Steam takes thirty percent. Uh, is roughly the the percentage that that they t- and they they don't do any of the I don't know if you've seen the debacle with Google and Apple and Epic and uh, that whole uh, I did see there was a court ruling on that this week yeah and I think Google lost that case they did yeah and it's going to change the the mobile app market at least uh, the way the marketplace works uh, but um, Steam has a it's fairly consistent across the board. They're 30 percent for everybody. Um, So what happens is they get 30 percent and then the company doesn't get. um, So, for example, if you bought the game, the company will not get paid for that game until like a month later after the purchase. So it gives time for um, the refund process to go through. So if the, the, the person buys it, that's why you have like the two weeks um, and within that two week period, you were under two hours, then you can refund the game. Well, in this case, uh, Steam was refunding people that were like 12 hours in and they were like, yeah, no, yeah, you, you're getting refunded. So uh, Steam has been really good about um, refunds and all of this. There was 600,000 copies sold roughly um, at $40 a pop. Obviously, it's not the same price everywhere. Most of those have been refunded, is my understanding. A, a, a fair portion of them has been at least. Um, you still have those huffing the copium that this game will be something. But since the company has come out and said basically they're bankrupt, which is BS, they're not bankrupt. They're just they're trying to get out because they don't want to make this game. They're trying to pull out. Since just that's happened, one. I imagine people are going to 
yeah, bail. Yeah, just an FYI, forty dollars a pop. You know, dollars, pounds, euros, whatever. Those are the three main currencies on uh, on Steam. Forty dollars a pop at six hundred thousand copies. That's twenty four million dollars. That's not exactly a small chunk of change. That's not a small chunk of change, and uh, I don't think Fantastic's going to see much of that, if any, uh, because of the uh, like. I I certainly hope it's going to be none of it, uh, because well, first of all. Uh, I hate this practice as uh, they were advertising this game as an open world looter shooter, uh, you know, zombie survival game, you know, all this like they they had. Oh, I was also supposed to mean an MMO. And then when they release the game, it's not an MMO. It's MMO in the sense of a lot of people will be playing at any given time. But it's like if anybody's familiar with like Division or Destiny or Warframe or any of those kind of games, they all have the same principle. You have a a hub that is kind of like your social area. And then you have missions that you go and do from those hubs. That's basically what this is, is you have a, a social hub and then you go and do missions. And when you're out doing the mission, you may only see like 20 people tops. It's not an MMO. And it's also not a survival game. And it's also not really a zombie game because there's only like ever, you only fight two zombies at once ever. There's not hordes of zombies like it was advertised. Um, it's a it, it's an extraction shooter similar to the likes of like um, Escape from Tarkov if uh, if you're familiar with the gaming community and it it was just a scam it's complete scam they lied to us in the 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 videos they lied so I I, I hope that they don't get any money I really didn't want Steam to be like uh, take the take it off the the storefront I I I really hoped they would uh, be like look thirty days. If, if you've played the game for any amount of time within 30 days, if you get a refund, uh, we'll give it to you, guaranteed. Like, if they did something like that, I, that would be awesome. But locking it, keeping them from people from buying it, I, I think it's justified. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't like a company having that kind of power. But and then it's, I don't, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, this is obviously a scam. So I want them to, uh, you know, get rid of that. But... I guess in this case, the company said they're bankrupt, so Steam locking it is justified. This is the biggest gaming scam, like the, the biggest game, like indiv- I shouldn't say gaming, just the, the biggest game scam that I have ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. I, I have to agree. The The other game scams that we would consider scams, if you will, are like the big franchises like Call of Duty or Battlefield or what have you, but they actually present a game to you. And it's actually a game that you can play and whether you liked it or not is, um, you know, not really part of the equation in this. I mean, it should be, but it's not. Uh, it, that's more of an equation for you, uh, cost benefit analysis. But in this case, they literally heaped garbage, like the character creation. I'm, I'm, I'm skimming through the, the storefront and on the storefront page, they're showing like driving around in cars they even have the photographs still on steam about them driving around in cars and whatnot there were not any cars in the game i didn't think there there isn't not that you can like drive yeah it it a lot of the stuff that they were showing was in the game is not actually in the game uh it's most of what they showed was just like small corridors of pre-rendered like little little cubes yeah so biggest scam yeah i agree biggest scam that i think this is the most egregious the the one that i remember before this was like there was a game that was not really big that um was pretty low uh, graphically and you know it wasn't um graphically demanding and, and it was a bit minor 
<laughs> the, the the developers were actually mining bitcoin while you were playing the game and oh, taking yeah. the revenue I've, yeah i've heard about that i have heard about that yeah those i've heard of but this is a new type of scam uh, it, it's That's not cosmic. new in the yeah that is cosmic. It, it's cosmic it is, i have to it say is cosmic. That, is, that is cosmic you are headed to the front soldier that's the way <laughs> that's the way that was yes. gonna roll and and the the fact that it's depressing and when you look at it, because all the warning signs were there that this game was going to be a scam and 600,000 people still fell for it. Sorry, not sorry. You know, you, you deserve that one. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Range Rover, right? You know, these big, expensive SUVs that are made in the UK, Range Rover. They say that they are opening up a waiting list and they are taking signups for its first fully electric Range Rover EV. Bruce is already shaking his head. You don't want one of these things? What's wrong with you? This is going to be an amazing electric vehicle, I, I think. But anyway, they say that this will debut in early 2024. They actually, this is a year ahead of time. So you see, you're going to be getting it early. Yeah, they're a year ahead on getting this out. It is in the physical prototype phase at the moment, according to Jaguar, who's you know the owner of, of Range Rover. They say that they are still filing patents as the electric vehicle goes through what it calls one of the most rigorous engineering sign-off programs ever. You know what's going to happen. I think this is another scam in the works. They're going to they're going to get all the government money and the tax breaks out of it, mm -hmm. and then they'll pull the plug, yeah. no pun intended, on it on the other side. They plan yeah, for the yeah. Yeah, they plan for the Range Rover EV to have a performance similar to its existing V8 Range Rovers. It, really, you're going to get the mileage too, especially when you're, you're backcountry off-roading or if you're towing something, you're going to get that too. I doubt it. The company says it will be capable of 800 volt rapid charging on public networks. That is, it carries the promise of charging up to 80% in about the time it takes to drop by a gas station and hit the restroom for 30 minutes. <laughs> And take a and take a leisurely stroll through the candy aisle. So you see, you're going to be there for about an hour, maybe two or three. I, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, that's if you can actually get a charger that works. The infrastructure isn't really there yet to support this, at least not in the U.S., but it should be eventually. That That's good. You see, it should be eventually at some point. Now, we can go over through the Department of Transportation, the Federal Department of Transporta Transportation, run by Mayor Pothole Pete Buttigieg, who says that, or Buttigieg, whatever his name is, who says that, you know, we're going to get all those electric vehicle chargers online at some point. More than half of them still don't work. Jaguar says its first physical prototypes are being tested in temperatures as low as minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit and over 120 degrees Fahrenheit in desperate, loca in, uh, desperate locations like Sweden and Dubai. The company expects that it can wade in 850 millimeter deep water, which they see, you know, what's going to happen if water breaches one of those cells. <laughs> you know how that's going to go, don't you? I, I, I do. Uh, if you look at the periodic table and you go down the list where sodium is and you keep going down, it progressively gets more aggressive how the element um, reacts to water. Sodium is the first one that reacts uh, kind of violently bursts into flames and kind of skips around on water. Yeah, when when uh, lithium comes in contact with it, um, it's a it's a pretty impressive fireball. And um, yeah, that, I, that, I have to say it's great. something something similar to what you see on screen there uh, is is how it would go. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And for the listener, um, it's a fireball that's repeatedly exploding because the batteries are being breached as from the heat. Um, so, yeah, that's the. Basically, what will happen if uh, water gets through, you'll short circuit the system probably first, which will catch that on fire, which will then cause the batteries to breach. And yeah, it'll, it'll be a well, 
It'll be kind of a bad situation for you because if you try to get out of the vehicle to get away from it, you're in water. So you'll probably get electrocuted because the whole of the car is probably uh, electrically charged and you'll complete the current by stepping out and uh, yeah. So future not, of transportation. Not, yes. not, not the best. Not the best. Future of transportation. That's green. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you can't get any more green than that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to be reducing I, that carbon. Yeah. You, you'll be... You'll be reducing the carbon. That that's true. You'll be reducing the carbon. And I mean, granted, you're gonna you're gonna have a large release of pollutants immediately, but in the long term, it'll be it'll be better. It will be because you see, Bruce, you will be reducing your carbon. So see, when you step out in that water exactly. and you have that unfortunate accident right there, you see, you will not be emitting any more carbon. Exactly. Exactly. Just the car burning is a, an unfortunate side effect of of you know getting rid of that carbon. Jaguar announced earlier this year that it would invest about $19 billion over the next five years in tech for electric and autonomous vehicles, promising to be electric first by guess what year? I, again, something strange about this year. I don't know what it 2030. is. 2030. Mm. That's odd. All these companies seem to be going towards that. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. There's crazy. something going on that year, and I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. Uh, they say that they're going to start with their largest vehicle. I guess you know you want to start with the biggest one, uh, which is the uh, the Range Rover. Yeah, uh, and they say that um, even if it's not the safest thing for them to do right now, they're going to do it anyway because they need to get that one out of the way. Why are you nodding your head? That you see, they're um, they're tackling their biggest problem first. You see this? They're taking the initiative. Yeah, um, I actually prefer Ford's way of of dealing with this problem. Yes, we're um, going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for the listener, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute. But uh, when it comes to electric vehicles, um, I'm oh, it's a, honestly, I would be OK with electric vehicles uh, if we would do away with lithium batteries. If we went to uh, some other form of, of battery, uh, we have other alternatives out there um, that are rechargeable, almost infinitely rechargeable in comparison without any degradation over time are much safer. They don't spontaneously combust when they're exposed to water. I mean, they might still short circuit, obviously, and that could create a fire with the electronics, but the battery itself isn't uh, reacted to water. It's not quite as effective as lithium yet. And uh, we also go down the road of uh, fission power, uh, working towards fusion. I would be more than happy with going with an electric vehicle. It would be great in like a... a Pedaling around to town, you know, doing doing stuff locally, it, it would be great for that, and then be able to uh, charge it when you get home or whatever. That would be convenient, sure. If the power grid could sustain it, and the power grid was cheap, like nuclear would bring. When was the last time that we built a new a new nuclear reactor to facilitate that? Uh, we haven't yet. Yeah. Okay. So uh, because of that, and because we're still using lithium ion, they can take a wire brush and they can sit on it. Wouldn't be very comfortable. I, I think you'd have a more comfortable ride in an electric Range Rover, to be fair. So <laughs> to have all of these vehicles, you have to obviously have dealerships that are going to sell them, right? Because you have to make them, then you put them to the dealerships. And obviously you go to a dealership to buy a car. Well, the dealerships have a problem. They're now running out of lot space because... Well, you see, people aren't buying these things. Now the dealerships are dealing with over a two-month supply of surplus on the lots that they cannot sell because no one wants to buy them. By the way, these are last year's models. These are not this year's or even next year's. Usually by now, the companies are getting rid of this, mo this year's model and they're, they're putting all the new ones out 
for next year. So they should have 2024s already in the showroom, one or two of them, and they should be taking orders on the people that want them for the rest of the year in whatever customized options or color or whatever it is they want. But that's not happening. So the buyers don't want the electric cars. Go figure. That's Go crazy. figure. Yeah. Now, this is the biggest problem that we faced in over a half century. We've not seen a problem like this since we had that gas shortage, you know, because people couldn't buy the cars because, well, you couldn't get gas for them for a long time. So you had uh, a couple of month uh, surplus on them sitting on the showroom. So, yeah. And you can't sell them at a discount because there are already too many tax stamps and tax credits on top of them. We've gone over how much an electric car will cost you if you eliminate the subsi- uh, the subsidiaries and the tax credits. An electric car will cost you almost $100,000 or more. And that's just for the like the lowest one you can get. Yeah, yeah the, the, this is this is a great scam. Just just like what we talked about a minute ago with the the video game scam, this is a uh, motor vehicle scam. Um, this is the green energy scam. Um, it, it, it's quite the quite the ordeal. I wonder how many politicians have investments in electric vehicles that they just believe are going to be the future and are going to be successful. Which is interesting because they say that, uh, you know, this is what they're going to say. They're going to say due to the climate crisis, only zero emission electric cars will be permitted on public roads uh, or government controlled roads, which is what they call public roads. Now, you can keep your non-electric car. (laughs) Of course, it's going to be parked. I hate to hate to break it to you because, you know, the uh, the electric grid, which we talked about last week when you were on uh, the electric grid is going to be in a in a bit of a problem uh, here very soon, I I believe. Or they will say due to the climate crisis, we are levying a carbon tax on every vehicle that isn't a zero emission electric vehicle. Never mind that plenty of the carbon is emitted through burning of a hydrocarbon fuel to generate the electricity that powers the zero emission vehicle on the electric cars. Those taxes will be exorbitant. You can already see it, uh, but yep. most people won't be able to afford them. You know, people are, are barely scraping by now. We saw an article last week where the average American family is spending $11,400 more this year just in basic necessities. That's not extra uh, extra spending like disposable income stuff that's just mm-hmm. to keep with the standard of living they had last year yeah that's to pay the mortgage and afford food yes that's it and to put fuel in the car that to get yeah. to work that's that's it that's it that you're no longer allowed to have in the near future um to get to work to pay the mortgage to uh, pay for the loan on the car and yeah it, it, it it's quite a um ordeal we're, we're, we're getting ourselves into. Here's kind of edging on politics a little bit. This is why I have a problem with the government telling you what you can and can't buy, what you can and can't own. You know, that's my same beef with like insurance, my same beef with where they, they, they tell you what you can and can't build on your own property, you know, those kind of things. That's why I have a problem with all of this, because they can just say, well, you, you can't have this anymore. You have to buy this. Well, for me to ex- for me to live for me to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, unfortunately, it requires a car because you can't get anywhere on public transit or, you know, uh, to afford food or housing, right? That's part of my life. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to continue driving a gas vehicle because I can't afford to drive one of the electric ones. 
even if you could, I'll throw another one at you. Even if you could, you still might not be able to. Let me explain. So if you don't have any other choice, let's say that you follow along the lines with what they say by uh, phasing out all fossil fuels and all electric, uh, not electric, uh, gasoline powered vehicles by whatever, you know, 2032 or 2040 or whatever it is they say, you know, they pick one of these random years. Who decides that? I, I'm just curious. It's not these politicians. Those people are so stupid. I, I mean, these people can't be thinking this stuff up on their own. But anyway, if you have a, a choice to buy something other than an electric car, even if you can't pay for it, you still might not be able to afford it. The government can probably just write a decree by this logic that they're using with the electric cars. They can write a decree that anyone in the country can buy an, uh, an energy efficient house for $600,000, for example. They're already starting that saying that you need to have this improvement done to your home, that improvement done to your home, this energy system, this type of uh, whatever, you know, uh, insulation or roof or siding or, or something. And if you don't have that done, then you're going to have heavy fines levied against you in order to get that done and you will not be able to pay it. And so you will be forced to sell for pennies on the dollar. And I guess you're going to be living under a bridge like those drug addicts we talked about last week in San Francisco. And that's a very, very dangerous proposition when you have the government knocking on a door saying you no longer have a place to live. Yeah, I think it's civil unrest is is right around the corner when they oh, start yes. doing that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. If people, um, I have said, and it goes back to a guy named Richard Weaver who talked about, he wrote a book called Ideas Have Consequences. And he was saying back in the 50s, he was a big conservative guy. He said back in the 50s, he, he knew what things were trending towards back then. And he said, people will fight because it's going to come down to property rights because people will not fight for anything else. And I tend to believe that that guy's prediction was correct. I don't believe people are going to fight for anything other than property rights at this point because they've shown no interest in in putting up a fight. Yeah. The, th the thing is, is in, in our past, um, even though our history is short, that's something that every American was willing to take up arms and fight for, whether they were in the right or the wrong, like whether they joined the right side or the wrong side, it didn't matter. They took up arms and fought because in the olden days, the bank said, you own a loan or you, you, we took out a loan. Uh, we're here to collect the loan. Uh, so we're going to take your farm from you. Yeah. The, the, in history that didn't go well. Um, there's many farmers that took up arms and disagreed. It's kind of the same situation here when the government is now the ones doing it and they're taking away your livelihood, your uh, ability to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which you're not supposed to be able to take away from an American citizen without due process. Well, they're not supposed to be able to take it away in general. Those are the kind of things that you can't take away. But anyway, uh, whatever. Uh, we're getting poli uh, political a little bit. Bottom line is this is going to trigger civil unrest. And part of me kind of hopes that the people are willing to fight for this. Um, I, I kind of again, I do agree with Klaus Schwab on one thing. We do need a great reset. We just differ on how that's going to be. I absolutely agree. Uh, we definitely yeah. do. Right. You mentioned Ford, right? We're going to have to talk about Ford. So Ford have said, because they're one of the companies that have said, you know what, we're not going to take order on those those electric cars because we can't sell them and they're junk. So we're going to stop with the government deals with those and we're going to do something else. They have unveiled the 7.3 liter Megazilla V8 gasoline engine. <laughs> there you go, Bruce. That's it right there. They have unveiled this in the US and it has uh, it is marked as in the 
patent, the actual patent. They filed the patent, Megazilla, with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And they have shown, this is the engine here, you see it. And that's a pretty good looking engine, I have to say. It is. You know, yeah. it's a pretty good looking engine. 7.3 liter V8 Godzilla power plant is what they call it. Uh, the Megazilla. They have put a price tag on it. You can order one from Ford right now, and it retails for $22.95. That's a pretty good price for that, I have to admit. That's a that's a pretty decent price for that engine. Now they say it's a they say it's a hefty price. I don't think so, not considering what you're getting there. It, that's a reasonable price. And the, the difference is uh, assuming this is um uh, kind of like engines of old that last you a while and had, you know, a lot of metal parts that were replaceable. The, the difference with this is, is you could have a part on here that, uh, goes bad as an example, or, or, you know, has, uh, some, uh, factory defects even, and you can, uh, replace it for a fairly decent price, not newer stuff as well, but as easily. But when you compare that to an electric vehicle, if you have one that has a defect, let's say you have the battery problem, <laughs> you might as well just buy a new car at that point because the battery is the majority of the car's uh, worth. Uh, so Tesla's $28,000, I think. And the car, I think, is uh, if you buy the Model 3, I think it's 30000 So it's it's buying yeah. a new car. It's just, just might as well buy the new car. Um, so... I'm I'm curious. Um, I didn't see any stats on there. Do they talk about how much horsepower? Yes, they anything? do. Yes. Okay. Uh, so here's what you get. Okay. So you you do not get. I'll, I'll tell you what you do not get first. Uh, you don't get the uh, the control pack. You don't get uh, custom calibration. You don't get a starter, and you don't get accessory components. These are all things that are sold separately and otherwise required for an installation. So you do need those other things. So they'll probably tack. I'm sure Ford OEM parts. They will ta They will tack some more money in on that. Yeah. One. So I'm of assuming twenty two nine five. I'm assuming with all the rest of this stuff, it's going to come in at thirty thousand. I'm assuming. You know, you oh, crate and yeah. shipping and everything else. I'm assuming that's what. It's, and then of course you have installation. So there's going to be yeah. that too. So thirty thousand probably just for all the parts, and then maybe another five thousand for installation at uh, at a dealership. I don't know. Whatever they're charging now, it's an ungodly amount of. Uh, charging for um, the service cost at a dealership now. It's like, I think I, somebody told me they went to uh, a dealership not long ago in the US, somewhere out in the West Coast, and it was $185 before they would even give the keys back to them. That was just to look at it. So it, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so here's what you do get when you buy this engine. I got, I got scammed, by the way. I just they got scammed. Yeah, they this got whole scammed. thing's been a scam, isn't it? Yeah. They, they got scammed because the, the, the company that we went through, uh, bought the car with, you get all of that for free for the life of the vehicle. So. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, okay. So here's what you do get when you buy this engine. You do get a cast iron block filled with a performance camshaft, a steel crank, Molly Forge compression piston, uh, yeah, 10, uh, 10 to the fifth compression pistons, Cali's H-beam forged connection rods. You get a CNC-ported aluminum cylinder head. You get a low-profile intake manifold and, and a 92-millimeter throttle body, all of which results in the following. You get 615 horsepower and 638 foot pounds of torque on regular gasoline. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That's, that's, that's a, that is a high performance engine. That's reasonable. Um, that I think is worth the $23,000. That right is there. better. That is better than getting a battery pack for an electric car for the same price. You have to admit. Yeah. It's so you're not going to get, you're not going to get zero to 60 in the same time frame. but Oh, you can make that sound good. That, that, that's you could, gonna, yeah. Yeah. 
that, that's you're still going to haul so some major nicer. ass with that 615 it, yeah. horsepower in a pickup truck that that's still that's nothing that's nothing to shake a stick at I, I, pickup truck or even a, a muscle car i mean you could you could rig something up with that, that is too, true you even. put one of those in a command a 68 camaro oh my goodness mm, yeah uh so yeah i'm 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 good with that and we just had uh the hemi got done away with so you oh, need no, something Don to replace the hemi that yeah, yeah the, the, the oh, hemi no. i think this year was the last year because they're going out they're going oh, for traders. the ev stuff traders yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for today, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. I will see you next year. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.